from Los Angeles, California. This is The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. This is a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. This podcast contains strong language and is intended for mature audiences. It is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy. Due to hackers exposing millions of AshleyMadison.com users, recent conversations around the globe have been more focused on technology and infidelity in committed relationships. Are online sites like Ashley Madison just the new personal ads? What constitutes an affair? Could even fantasizing become forbidden fruit? Is sexual monogamy the only way of expressing loyalty and committed in long-term relationships? And should a partner's infidelity always be a traumatic event, or is unmonogamy just another untamable part of human nature? In this episode, Dr. Wendy and I are joined by Candace Dale McKenzie to take a closer look at the potential impact of the Ashley Madison hack and the psychological consequences this cybercrime might have on modern romance. These recent years have been ones of sexual revolution. Men and women have become liberated. You mean... Precisely. The running joke is that since our first podcast, I was quite shocked at how large your microphone was. I know, you've always had issues with the size of my microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Microphone envy. Don't be afraid. Reach out and touch it. Touch mine's, but mine's bigger. <laughs> Yours is bigger, and it and it can handle the two of you. <laughs> it's not the size. It's it's not the what is it? Not the size of the boat. It's how you know. It's the, it's motion the ocean in motion. the ocean. Yeah, the motion in the ocean. It's not the size of the wand. It's the magic in it. <laughs> So, what's the topic? Tell us the topic. So, welcome back to another episode of The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. Here I go again. I'm left by myself. Let's give Dr. Wendy a round of applause. Thank you, girls. Thank you, women. Hot mama. Lovely women. Uh, We're joined again today by our friend Candace Dale McKenzie, who, as we mentioned last time, is headed to Hotlanta soon to start a private practice there. And we're very sad about that. But we're very happy to have her here with us. (laughs) Candy. I was almost named Candace. I was born really? on Sweetest Day, which is like the non-religious fall-based uh, Valentine's Day. Stop. Okay. Yeah. That's so they were going to name me Candy Viegas, but my father oh. refused oh, because he said that Candy Viegas sounded like a stripper. So. Yeah. It's cool, though. So I yeah. like it. It works. I can see Welcome it. to the stage. <laughs> Candy! <laughs> Candy Viegas. <laughs> Uh, I will miss you guys very much. It's been a pleasure to work with you guys and be a guest on the show and collaborate professionally with you guys. And I just, I deeply, deeply, deeply love you both so very much. So, and I love the energy you bring to this and the enthusiasm and openness to share what you know and who you are, not just with us, but with our audience. And do we ever know who we are, girls? <laughs> no. God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so boring if we knew exactly who we were. Exactly. Right? See, I'm sorry. I am deflecting because I'm going to miss Candace. And so there's a perfect moment for me to have a joke and deflect from the deep pain and sorrow because I will miss her. Um, but... Uh, Anybody else got a joke right now? (laughs) Well, uh, you're bringing up a really good point that we can talk about later, too, and that's the importance of humor in survival. Mm -hmm. And you have to to be discussing this case, this situation, and this topic, because if you don't have humor, uh, you're going to have a hard time getting through this very harsh topic. That was just like, I just have to compliment Wendy. She's brought that thing around. Wait, wait. You just brought that around, girl. Yes, I did. (laughs) I always do. It's just a love fest in here today. (laughs) Do you want a pillow? Jenny, what Wendy? Is the water warm enough? (laughs) Wait, is that from Prince? Yes. Ah, No, Lisa and Wendy. Yeah, it's Lisa and Wendy. But I don't get it if I called you Jenny. I didn't get it. Wendy. Yes, Lisa. Is the water warm enough? Oh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, see, but I didn't get it because you're not Lisa. I don't I know. get it. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> it takes me a while. Purple rain, purple rain. <laughs> okay, we're deflecting from cranking oh. this show out as our last one with Candace right now. Uh, just right now in person, but you're going to yeah, go back to just... L.A., and we're going to go to Georgia, hot Atlanta, and we will call you, and you will be on speakerphone. So, you know. I'll do Skype thing or something with yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. You're going 
going to, you're giving us a reason to expand our technological knowledge base. So I thank you for that. Muchas gracias. Muchas, muchas gracias. <laughs> so uh, if you are listening from that side of the world, um, as we've said, Candace nice. is going to be in Hotlanta. And if you're interested in working with her, we encourage you to contact her through her website, CandaceMcKenzie.net or mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh You can also find her through the Associates link on Dr. Wendy's page or through Psychology Today, where you can find contact information on all of us. And the reason we're in here so quickly after our last one is that uh, we wanted to discuss the hot topic of the moment, the Ashley Madison hack and data dump, and what the consequences are, the ripple effects, and like Fifty Shades of Grey, it started conversations so many people probably weren't already having. So whether you are directly affected or not, the topic of technology and infidelity and committed relationships is one many people are interested in. So what do modern relationships and marriages look like? Is this anything new or is this old news in a new form? Um, Like I was just I was just listening to the Pina Colada song came on the other day. Remember, you know, if you like Pina Coladas, right? Sorry, and, and he's there. talking about like sitting in bed with this lady and he's reading the personal oh, ads. Yes. Right? I love that song. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. She lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like pina coladas And getting caught in the rain If you're not into your right? No, but did you see that commercial? I haven't seen the commercial. Oh, I haven't seen the What commercial? Oh, what are you talking about? I'm talking oh, just, I God. just heard it on the, the radio. Oh, no, there's a commercial about Viagra. Oh, oh, that's yeah. a good thing. Oh, okay. so it's a, and I know it was on the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. So it's for those who missed it the first time around. I am not one of those. I remember it from the first time around. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you who sang that song. Rupert Holmes. The nice. song is entitled "Escape." <laughs> Wouldn't it be called "If You Like Pina Colada"? The Pina Colada song, he's talking about looking in the personal ads, and it just reminded me of this. Like, it's mm-hmm. Ashley Madison is kind of another form of personal ad, right? I want to just put out there is that although we're recording this in the first week of September of 2015, by the time this yeah. posts, uh, there might be more information and data out. So don't burn me on the statistics and research. You know, I get that it might be, they might discover all kinds of new things. So take that with a grain of salt. So what are your general thoughts about the Ashley Madison hack, you guys? Uh, Well, I love the slogan. Can we just start with the slogan? Life is short. Have Have an affair. affair. Yeah. What do you think of that? I remember Candace actually mentioned that in the podcast of Secrets and Lies that we Mm -hmm. did. And so much of this kind of touches back to that conversation we had as well. Well, and I think that um, it's. I think it's really fascinating and interesting that we we kind all of up in there. Oh, no, okay. she's good right there. She's okay, right there. we're we're having a little sound issues here. I apologize. Don't be scared. Uh, don't be scared. This microphone is a little scary. It's intimidating. <laughs> it's intimidating. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm using my CBT exposure therapy. Yes. You know, um, <laughs> mindfulness techniques. Um, so what I was going to say was is that I think when we're dealing with couples, we've heard over and over again about online porn per se and how that brings up a lot of feelings and issues of is that cheating or not cheating and now we've really crossed the line of does it con- I mean it's that question is it cheating if you actually go and look on the website if you have an account that maybe you don't meet the person um um, oh, the differences between a physical, uh, sexual affair to an emotional affair, right? Like having, you know, how can we constitute, are they actually meeting these people or are they just talking? Are they, I don't know, you know, so it brings up a lot of concerns and questions. Sure. And we also don't know what the status of some of these relationships that might be affected by this are. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some of these accounts could be old yeah. and the couple may have already worked through their stuff. Uh, and now it might be coming all up again if it's exposed. Mm-hmm. That could be 
problematic. Uh, mm-hmm. And like we've talked about before, we don't know really what all those people's relationships are. Some of these people mm-hmm. were single people. Mm-hmm. Some of them were in open relationships. Some of them are swingers. Some of them are looking for things outside their marriage that they can't, like someone of the same sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if they're in a same-sex marriage, maybe they're looking for someone of the opposite sex. Who knows? And it's fantasy, too. My dear guests, I am Mr. Roth, your host. Welcome to Fantasy Island. I mean, how often do we just talk about fantasy, whether you're single or we do couples work, and one person will say, oh, I had a big fantasy about someone, and the other person says, oh, no, I don't fantasize. I mean, we all fantasize at some point, mm-hmm. and it just it depends how elaborate or how simple mm-hmm. it can be, and there's nothing wrong with fantasizing. Um, but acting on it when there's other people involved can be tricky. Right. And a lot of times, you know, people log on and create profiles, and a lot of these people in their profile, they did a lot of detailed fantasies about, you know, what they wish they could do. And, and so it's not just a breach of confidentiality, but it's also humiliating and shaming and embarrassing because here is supposed to be a safe place, not saying I believe in the site or I don't. It's it's more about people not being able to go to their mate or maybe, you know, it's even hard for people to come into therapy and talk about this kind of stuff. But this was supposed to be a safe place where you share your feelings and really jump in there. Um, As we know, in cyberspace, nothing is really private. Even when things are taken off, I guess there was... Um, uh, for like 1999 or something, there was a service that Ashley Madison offered that will take off your profiles. And again, what we know is everything is on the servers. So nothing ever can really be deleted, um, which I'm sure is really special for the people who got busted. <laughs> right. And for the people who paid that 19 what $19 and thought that their accounts were being swiped and are now like, what, what? Is that mm-hmm. their home? Like, yeah. You know, so bad business practices as well. Yeah, but just a fair, you know, broken trust everywhere. Right. And the the hackers, which are the impact team, they've they've said there's been kind of various accounts. There've been some mention of a moral element, but generally they're sort of promoting that it's because it's a bad business and false advertising and they're saying that it's half men and half women and the numbers actually in all the analysis so far don't look to support that Mm -hmm. and also the numbers look like far more men than women and that some of the accounts were actually created by people who worked like some of the female accounts were actually created by people who work for Ashley Madison Uh, and there's also been a huge dump of the inner office emails, which look to support that. So it also looks like maybe there's some business stuff going on. And unfortunately, there's all these innocent, quote unquote innocent, depending on your idea of what that is. And it's going to be different for everyone. People who are being affected by this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I know in my brain that shady businesses happen and it goes on. But in my heart... I just feel like really, I don't want anybody to put up face, you know, fake profiles. And that's just like, why not be truthful? Why not come from where you are and then hope that whoever gets that website gets it, you know, but to, and I get it. It's, you know, the bait and switch or the smoke and mirrors. I just, I really am such a, you know, come from an honest place where you put out good, solid, ethical work and and not trick and tease people. Um, So I do feel for a lot of the men that got hooked up with a lot of false profiles because, you know, the dating game anyway is heartbreaking for people. And then to sign up for something that might have roped them in to even, you know, I mean, I'm just, Mm. I don't know, to hear all the fake phony profiles. I don't know why that was like, ugh. and on top of that, you know, you broke confidentiality, but now they're just really talking to other men. Well, I, also, I, I think, you know, kind of where I'm coming from is the sense of 
social media, guys. It's so they're putting stories out there, and so we just need to make sure to you know before we uh, brand everybody, you know, right? The Scarlet Letter per se on the men and the women. We don't know, as you said before, Jenna. We don't know for sure what the relationship, what was going on the relationship. I've worked with couples where they have open that they have they are talking about it. Like, okay, you get a pass, and I get a pass, and you know, we can have conversation. You know, it, there's certain boundaries. So, is for I guess the way I feel as long as two people are consenting adults and there is an openness to talk about it, then I don't feel that, the, you know, for them to be branded. Does that make sense? I'm not saying that's the case for everybody. I'm not stupid enough to say that I'm sure that some people were, some people may have been sneaking around, but I, sure. before we are so quick to crucify these people that were, the social media says, oh, we have, for sure, we have their account number. Like, haha, yeah. cheaters. Like, everybody yeah. is so quick to kind of yeah. nail everybody. People. But if yeah. we look in your backyard, don't tell me you don't have stuff either. Yeah, right. Exactly. Let he yeah. who is without sin cast the first Thank stone. Thank you. Stone, you yeah. Know. So before we so before we're going to go and, you know, crucify people, let's just take a big breath and go, okay, this is social, you know, people, they're putting stuff out there. We don't know for sure. Maybe, you know, just always just be a little bit more open-minded is what my heart is, is hoping to convey today, if nothing else. And so. open-minded, but also be really, you know, careful in cyberspace because how yes. often do we talk to kids, teenagers, young adults? Yeah. Like, what you put out there stays out there. This is a great example of that, too. I mean, in terms of what you don't want out there. I mean, it's one thing if your Facebook profile got hacked because you're purposely choosing, as we've talked about, your brand and the pictures and Mm -hmm. what you're posting. And sure, maybe you don't want everybody and their brother to see it. You know, that's why there are different privacy settings. But it's still not as devastating as something as private as Ashley Madison seems to have been. And... Mm -hmm. You know, I think we also need to think about the larger social context of schadenfreude, you know, getting joy from other people's pain. I mean, yes, and here we are talking about it, so I'm not I'm not beyond recognizing, you know, that there there might be a little hypocrisy because it is a salient issue that we're talking about and and something salacious that I know people want to talk about and I want to talk about. I find oh, and it everybody's fascinating. waiting for the next celebrity or the next like mm-hmm. who else is going to get busted? Ha ha. Like I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. But again, everybody has their own private world. It's when that becomes exposed, it's just a loss of trust. Mm-hmm. And um, and then and then where do these people go? You know. So then you have their fantasies out in an uncontained cyberspace, and then shamed for it. You know, I wanted to say earlier when you just a few minutes ago when you were talking about the fantasy of Ashley Madison or any of these kinds of sites because it's not the only one. Uh, that people might go to and indulge in something that they might not openly pursue in other areas of their life. The uh, There's a fantasy also on the side of the person who thinks that relationships should be monogamous, or if you are unmonogamous, then you don't really love your partner, or, you know, there's certain fantasies as well from the other side, from not pursuing it, that, well, I'm I'm above it, or I don't, I don't need that, or I don't fantasize. We all fantasize. You know, just maybe not sexually, but but if you think that your partner is faithful and then you find out that he isn't, then maybe you were fantasizing that your partner was faithful as well. Or, you know, that you wanted to get busted. How often, I mean, I, I say that all the time too. If you get caught, chances are you kind of want someone to open that door to have that discussion about something that you can't talk about, you know? And it's it's a question of when couples are together, do they have to disclose every single little thing, you know, every breath and every detail about everything? Is there nothing private? Um, or, you know, what? or can an affair really be so damaging that nobody can ever come back together again? Mm-hmm. I've worked with so many couples where... You know, an affair was extremely healing because it was a huge intervention and kind of uh, the explosive volcano that needed to happen in order to bring them back together again. So it just depends. If two people are motivated to stay together, they'll work really hard and proceed. Um, But, you know, I I think it can be healing or damaging depending on Mm -hmm. what the circumstances are. And then it also, for me, brings up the question of, you know, the labeling or the judgment of the cheating. It's, you know, once you go onto that website, is that considered 
you are cheating, per se. Right, because cheating or infidelity or unmonogamy, however you want to refer to it, going outside your relationship, is different for everybody. Some people mm. might think looking at porn is infidelity. As mm. you said, just browsing on one of yeah. these sites. Are we condemning our partners just for having lustful thoughts about other people mm-hmm. um, that aren't us? You know, those are all... It's all individual. Some people right. might have no problem and think like, hey, I don't care if you think about everybody and their brother as long as you don't do anything about it. Or, or I know people who say you're not allowed to fantasize at all. You better not. Like, like better how, not but how can you control yeah. that? You are not allowed to. I am going your to, head. Yeah. I'm going to just chain up your brain. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's a bit I think that can be a little bit unhealthy, obviously. So Well, it's also kind of the if you try not to talk about the pink elephant in the room, yeah. that pink elephant is just gonna get bigger yeah. and bigger because all you're thinking is I'm not supposed to think of the pink elephant. I'm not it's, I can't <laughs> think of that pink and then that thing is just the whole room is taken up by the pink elephant. Well, I think it also comes back to all or nothing, right? And how we have when I'm talking about the judgment, you know, the talking about the definition of an affair per se. Oh, because you logged on or or this other example, because you you had the fantasy of somebody else, you don't love me. I'm not, right? Everything to you. Do you kind of get where I'm going? Yeah, you're talking the black and white Black and white, all or nothing, yeah. Absolutely. And also, there are other kinds of betrayal in relationship besides infidelity. I mean, there's violence, there Mm -hmm. is verbal abuse, there's contempt, there's Mm -hmm. neglect, there's all other ways that you can Mm -hmm. not, you can be faithful, you can keep your legs together, but still not be respectful and a good partner and and invested in the relationship. There's that movie, He's Just Not That Into You. And so there is a scene where, and I forgot the character's name, but it's the married couple, and he's having an affair with the younger woman. And the wife finds out um, about the affair, but why she ends the marriage and why she gets so upset at him is that he started smoking again and he was lying to her that he was... <laughs> but I thought that was so interesting, right? We laugh about it, but she was like... She was more upset that he that he just kept lying every day. Are you smoking? He's like, no, I'm not smoking. Are you sure you're not smoking? No, I'm not smoking. And she found cigarettes, you know, in the house, and she was so upset by that. But she knew about the affair. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I thought that was so fascinating. But, that, like you said, in other... But that felt like a bigger betrayal to her for whatever reason. Yeah, well, she also, because also part of the issues with the relationship is they didn't have sex. They didn't have intimacy. They had, had not, you know, they were just going different paths. Um, I think there was also the sense of like, um, you know, for some marriages, okay, I'm ready to get married and, you know, it's time and either marry me or don't kind of thing. I think he said that it was a sense of an ultimatum of them getting together. So, And in yeah. couples therapy, how often it's not about the sex. It's about the right. emotional connectedness, you know, mm-hmm. the emotional intimacy. A lot of times I would either speak with people who have been on the other side and been, you know, either escorts or stripper girls or, um, you know, on, the girls on Ashley Madison or whatever it was. The other woman. The other woman. Our love is freedom. Our love is free from all those married things that raise their ugly heads Our love is distant There's no commitment There might be something better up ahead instead Our love is so safe You're living in it's just the sad, sad thing to be the girl in the affair. I would say 70% of the time, they just talked. 
they just talked. They, these people wanted to just go out for a meal. They just wanted to sit on the phone. They wanted what I call that high school feeling again. Someone listening to them, paying attention, acknowledging them, validating them, uh, dreaming with them. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not always about sex. Sometimes it's just about companionship. Mm -hmm. Often it's about companionship. Or feeling validated again. I have mm -hmm. many, like as you said, too, it's a sense of, of it's not about the sex. It's more just about, wow, this person actually is interested in me. They want to find out about me. I'm feeling validated by this person. I'm feeling alive again. I'm feeling attractive again. Um, but yeah, it's not just about the... It's not about the intercourse or sex or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I even hear that when people have affairs and it is sexual, then people can go back to their husband or wife and it can kickstart something really fiery between the original couple. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. Be because the other thing is that affairs are, or extra, extra, I don't want to say marital because that says it's only in mar married couples because it's not. This can be, people can have the same intimacy of a married couple and not be married. They might have a domestic partnership or they may have been together for 20 years. You may have children with someone. So whatever the definition of the relationship is, just going outside of it, searching for another part of yourself to connect with. There's this inherent danger in it and excitement in it that in a long-term relationship, you know, you know that person's, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, you know that person's going to be there when you get home. You know mm -hmm. what they like him, but, you know, there's there's a lot of predictability, which is, which is part of what we want. But the other part of our nature, part of our nature as humans is that we want safety and comfort and security. And the other side is that we want excitement and novelty and adventure. Esther Perel talks about that, right? All the time. Yeah, Esther mm -hmm. Perel is someone who we really recommend checking her out, her TED Talks, and she's got a great book, Mating in Captivity. I think she's working on a book now that's all about cheating, and so she's been doing a lot of research. Um, but she also talks about the definition of monogamy has kind of changed, where monogamy used to mean, and I'm quoting her, that uh, monogamy used to mean one person for life. Now it means one person at a time. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> she also talks about the fact that you can have a perfectly good marriage and, and or relationship and still have bad sex. So, like you guys were talking about, we, it's not for me to define what makes a good marriage for mm -hmm. this person or the other person. Everybody's got different things mm -hmm. that they they need and want. And it's that fantasy. I think she talks about in one of her TED Talks on erotica or uh, maybe uh, the other one that uh, why people cheat. Um, just, you know, that the grass is always greener on the other side. Your fantasy is, wait a minute, you know, I have chopped liver and this is going to be so sexy. But once you go and you explore that, your chopped liver looks good. I was a fool to ever leave your side you is such a lonely ride The breakup we had has made me lonesome and sad Because, and I say this a lot, is that the dream is always better than reality. And then I always amend it and say, at, at the very least, it's always different. And it goes back to the fantasizing idea, that we have this fantasy that this partner that we're having an affair with or that we're having a flirtation with is going to be all those things. And we get to make it all up in our head. But we don't know what the reality is. We don't know 
you know, the annoying things that they do or don't do. And there's a physiological response. So when we talk about the mind-body connection, we talk about that amped feeling, that adrenaline rush, that that feeling of we getting away with something. This is dangerous. This is naughty. This is nasty. You know, it's it's and we that can be a total turn it's on. A I mean, bad that's... thing. Bad girl. Oh, <laughs> stop me. Okay. <laughs> bad boy. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's it could be taboo and a recapitulation of a childhood trauma. You know, I need right. to throw that in there. Mm. Uh, but it is. It, it can be. It can be addictive. It's and, and then that's when you start snowballing the love addict behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's also you think about like a little kid whose parent tells them not to stick their hand in the cookie Can't, jar. I was going to say the same thing. And how exactly many of us did? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you couldn't wait yeah. until they left the room so you could try <laughs> to stick your hand in the cookie jar. Yeah. Just yes, to see what you could get away with. <laughs> because I don't know, again, like you said, like the affairs are about the actual people per se. It's more of like I'm feeling like, um, you know, oh, I'm walking on the dark, dark side and how, you know, the sense of like we have the judgments against ourselves. I have to be this way and I have this, the rigid, rigidity, right, that we're like we're supposed to be this way. And maybe they, I want to explore my sexuality. I want to be kind of slutty. I want to be, right? And how, you know, looking at women's issues or how men are supposed to be and women are supposed to be. And so. Well, I, there's a huge double standard totally. in that as mm-hmm. well. And mm-hmm. the numbers reflect that. But yet. There have been there have been studies done. We'll do a little bit of research here, ladies. Go Jenny. Go Jenny. Mustache. Mouth research. Um, because obviously it's (laughs) it's hard to measure like Mm -hmm. the exact numbers of cheating because obviously people aren't just handing out. It's kind of a wide swath that um, statistics say it could be anywhere between twenty six and seventy six percent of people have engaged in affairs or um, cheated. This could be useful. The surprising thing is that the studies show that the gap between men and women, it's like 23% of men have admitted it and 19% of women. That's not that big of a difference. Mm -hmm. It's just that women, I think, aren't searching online. They're Mm -hmm. not kind of putting Mm -hmm. themselves out there. Maybe it's just because it's easier for them to go to a bar and get hit on. Maybe it's just easier or, you know, the fantasy of meeting other people. We've, we've, you know, like me, yeah, I'm just beating them off with a stick. But women (laughs) generally, you know, from the time they start to develop, start to learn how to hopefully say no and and kind of create those boundaries whereas but you mean just being a, a woman in general yes just makes us more at risk for being open to uh being pursued yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and whereas women don't approach men as much but you go on ashley madison and there's this idea that you can approach women because they want to be approached. You go to a bar and you approach a woman, you don't know whether or not she wants mm-hmm. to be approached. You sign on to Ashley Madison and you, there's an assumption that, well, if she's here, she must want to be approached. Yeah, but it's still that secret. Part of me wonders, so then what happens to the relationship part? Not not for open relationships, but, you know, if what if someone is in a committed loving relationship they've got three kids 20 years and you know not the tools to hold on to the intimacy often people lose it or you know they get too exhausted or tired or years go by or distracted or whatever it is depression but you know they they've lost themselves menopause menopause manopause right (laughs) you know that's a real thing vaginal dryness (laughs) ghosts in your vagina uh, refer back to the ghosting show. Um, so, Old Casper. Ooh, yeah, but you know, like I guess my dream is that everybody can go to your partner and say, "I care about you know my famous sandwich technique. I care about you so much." Honey, you know, I'm having fantasies, and I just really want to see other people. How do you feel about that? You know, what do you think about that? Um, but, you know, that's not really the reality. I mean, it hap- happens in my office uh, sometimes where they wait till the therapy session to do that part, right, because we help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it would be so nice if people had that trust, that vulnerability, that intimacy to be able to just say whatever you need 
and and just have that discussion, even if there's no answer, there's no solution, there's no outcome, that you can trust your partner that much to say, can we just have a talk about what's not going well or what's not okay? Mm. Or maybe things are going great and you still want to play and explore and mm. fantasize. But it's that sneakiness getting away with it that pops the bubble. I think if there's no sneakiness, there's no secrets to it, then sometimes that's not fun either, you know? Sure. I mean, I haven't been married that long, and I and I don't have children. However, that said, I do check in with my husband every once in a while and just be like, "Hey, baby, I just want to know everything good. You feeling good? Are you yeah. happy? I, yeah. You know, just just." Yeah. You know. And I, with all areas, I suggest that. By the way, uh, and we're not going to talk about the dream journal. Doctor Wendy's dream journal. But when you do Not yet. The, the journal part, that would be a great thing. You know, kind of the pie chart of, I always tell couples, if it's even in the middle of a week, if you can have a cup of tea, sit down for half hour and just say, how are we doing in all these areas with our friendships, with work, mm-hmm. with with time management, with dinners or lunches or whatever it is, um, sex, love. And when we talk about sex, I mean, positions, uh, too much, too less, not enough. Do you want more massages? Do you want more? I mean, we get really detailed because, you know, it's just about open communication to be able to talk to your partner about anything yeah. so that you're not at risk. Yeah. And, and, because, and saying mm-hmm. that there is there, uh, when I do do that, I, there is always just this little tiny seed. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident in my relationship, but at the same time, like you don't know what the, you're going to get. So there, it is a, it is a, a risk you take but it's part of the investment you make and and the renegotiation constantly like i'm good in this area how are you doing but can you know? i also say that how many people have great communication and they still get cheated on sure you know i know relationships that have done that and thought that they had a really solid firm communication did the check-ins all the time and they still went and cheated so um you know, everything is in our path for a reason, and we take that life lesson. And when you do have someone that has cheated on you, I promise you that there will be a time in your life, and again, I can just hear the music already going, <laughs> that you will you will be appreciative because it's a teachable moment, and you'll be grateful and blessed that that person came into your life uh, for some reason. Um, and and it makes you not at the moment feel so great, but later mm-hmm. on when you reflect, there there's a life lesson there. So because we're all human, it can right. bring you closer to yourself or to your other right. or the other person. But I will say though, I mean, I gr- I agree that you can have the perfect communication and it and it can happen. But what I have found, and I think we can agree possibly that it does. I think that it. Um, uh, it, it helps to not have the affairs in the sense of like, because it's like you said, it's kind of out there, right? You're having an openness to talk about it, right? Because then then it's not as exciting anymore because you're like, well, we kind of talked about it and, right? It's kind of like, right? There, oh, what sure. Am I, what am I sneaking around to do? Because she, the person or he or she are kind of already knows and, you know. It's and no so fun what, anymore. So it's you don't know anymore. Yeah. And it's so fascinating that it actually, the, the, the people that I work with actually come in and they're, they're actually talking about the... Uh, I don't, how how would this work? Is this going to hurt the other person? Am I going to be okay in this? Like they actually, which is nice. They actually really think it through before they actually take. Are right? you talking so, about people who are considering an yes, affair yeah. or a flirtation? They or will something? come in and they will have open discussions, um, just like Wendy was talking about before, where they'll wait to the therapy session and go, I, I just can't help it. I'm thinking about you know seeing other people or having sex with other people and how do you feel about it and then the other person all the you know some people can take it well and some people can't take it well but because they're, because it's a safe space to have the discussion right they really start thinking about like the repercussion the repercussions right the consequences which I like that like I think it's best let's think about like you know I, I'm all about spontaneity the same thing too let's think about how will that look if you're inviting somebody else into this relationship how is that going to look yeah. You know, yeah. Well, it'll look really <laughs> ugly if it's about, you know, my mate coming to me because I would have a serious problem. Uh, I would. I would not. No, I'm yeah. just trying to think Are yeah. yeah. you know, not just countertransference as therapists, but I mean, just us in our human life. Some sure. people could have that talk and others would be like, uh, no, like I yeah. don't. I mean, I, I really like someone. Uh, you have to go. Like if you're going to be exploring other people, then that's done for me. Well, then as a therapist, though. <laughs> that's a No. 
But as a therapist, if you had a couple and in front of you and one of them is taking the opportunity and may be terrified of talking about it mm-hmm. with their spouse, but they're they're thinking they're in a safe environment. Totally. And their partner is having that strong of a reaction as you just described, like, I'm sorry, that's a boundary for me. I'm out of here. I mean, I think you're missing out on an opportunity for growth because just because somebody's talking about it doesn't mean that they're going to do it. It's what is the value system and what is the agreement. And but I, I would I would say like. I it would really hurt me, and I don't think I could stay in the relationship mm-hmm. if if you if that's what you really wanted to do, and if you were going to pursue that. I would say hell no. <laughs> well, I, I love your way, but I would say what the fuck? What did you well, just say? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think if you had to go, there's the door. Well, I get on it. I, I, I will say in working with couples, I always do encourage the couple to really be have an awareness that if you guys are really committed on just solely working on this relationship, and I'm hearing that both of you guys are not consenting, then we have to come agreement that, you know, we're going to we're gonna put all of our effort into you two guys trying to work this out. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. Because once you start an affair and you're not open and honest about it, you know, the therapy's not going to work, right? Because there's a secret there. So I, do you get what I'm saying? So I, I feel like there's a balanced approach in the sense of having the open discussion. But as a therapist, when I work with a couple and that comes out as far as infidelity, want to do infidelity and, want, you know, they're not both not consenting about it, I have to, I'm not doing my job if I don't encourage them to think about consequences, how that can muddy the waters per se, right? Well, not in my marriage, but in my life and in my earlier relationships from from my first one, from when I was, 12, you know, well, I guess 13 years old with my first boyfriend who would break up with me and then we'd get back together because he would think that he could find, like, he could get a more popular girl or, you know, a hotter girl or whatever, and then he'd come back. And it, and other other relationships of people who would just break up with me or cheat, cheat on me, break up with me, get back together with me. And I had my own things I had to deal with, obviously, in that. But... I have been cheated on. I have been the other person. I have dealt with couples who are going through this. I have definitely been guilty of emotional relationships outside of my primary relationship, not my marriage. These are all lessons I learned before I got married and about how I wanted to be in a relationship. And I know plenty of people with open relationships and who are polyamorous and and it works for them and some people who it doesn't work for them who have a fantasy of how it's going to work and then in reality realize like oh this is not as great as i thought it was going to be so yeah and i think your your past is really important you know my strong reaction is not just because you know everything's been happy go lucky like a little leprechaun on uh, leprechaun, leprechaun, leprechaun. <laughs> on um, on uh, you know in life. I mean, I have strong reactions, you know, because we're all raised with certain things that we have seen growing up with our primary attachments, being our mother, you know, father, or whatever, um, or you know what we have gone through, like what you said, some cheating incidences, or we all create a, a, and develop a sense of self, but. Um, what we have been through makes us really strong in our convictions, but uh, also as therapists, to be mindful of not being judgmental, right. not personalizing it, not bringing your own coming bias from in. love and rooting for the couple, whatever they want and whatever is in the best interest of the couple. You know, it is not my agenda. Right. It is I. I am like a big cheerleader for you know the 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 couple and and really wanting them to both get what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, uh, several times I've had their lovers in the therapy session, too. Oh, that's that's been quite wow. interesting. And yeah. we, you know, we open up the door and we learn from each other and see what's working, what's not. Often that doesn't really work that well. And then it ends up that the husband and wife typically get back together. And then the lovers kind of goes on to other things. I'm glad we're back together because I missed you. But 
you know, those are just some experiences. But uh, but this yeah. is also historically something. I mean, marriage historically was based on financial agreements and religious agreements and family Your dowry. You know, yeah, to to strengthen the family and uh, monogamy was a way to ensure inheritance rights and things like that. But now we're in an era, and it's only been a very short time, so we're kind of all newbies at this, even though it feels like a long time for us, but that that monogamy is considered by many to be the cornerstone of marriage, Mm. even if you're marrying someone because they're the only person who's asked and you want to have a kid or you want to build a family or you want the wife to accompany you to the events and it's the time, right? So it's not about it being the right person. Those, Those arrangements are still made, but generally more and more, And the numbers are showing this. People are getting married later because they're waiting to find this ideal soulmate, which may or may not exist, that we put all this romantic expectation into our marriages and into this person. And we expect them to be all these things to us. Which is new, histor- mm. and it's and it also, and I know I've had this conversation in private with Candace, and I probably have with you too, Wendy. Is that that monogamy that we're we're animals and that it's unnatural? Like you know, and you'll always hear that argument, and and people who are unmonogamous will often use it too. Like it's just un, you know, well, monogamy yeah. is unnatural, and they use it to justify bad behavior, right? Yeah. Uh, however, on the other hand I would say to those people who are using that argument that like okay so do you walk naked everywhere do you shower do you wear makeup do you get your haircut you know, there's we we make choices every day to do things that are unnatural to that are unnatural to human beings we are animals you know and we we have separated ourselves so far from that and and that's fine, but we have to also understand that there's responsibility to that as well. And so make the choice. You make the choice to be monogamous, and that's a gift to your partner. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not an obligation. Mm-hmm. And I did not include vows of fidelity in my marriage vows specifically, not because I didn't want a monogamous relationship. I am in a monogamous marriage, but I don't want my husband to be monogamous and faithful to me because he vowed it in front of all my friends. I do. <laughs> I want my husband oh, to yes, be monogamous, and I, I know I know that part <laughs> of it great. is my responsibility that I also have mm-hmm. to be a partner that inspires that mm-hmm. and that is you know that values myself and and my partner and recognizes that we're both human and anything could happen. I could become deathly ill or incapable. I still would not be okay with that. <laughs> and there are plenty of people who wouldn't. And You're coming um, with me but to this is... the pearly gates, my brother. <laughs> oh, you, just, you just don't know. No. You uh, just yeah, don't know. No. I, and I respect that. And I think that what you're saying is you are really being realistic. Yeah. And I mean, that does not mean I want my husband to cheat on no, me. It no. doesn't mean that I, I wouldn't have lovely. feelings about it. No, I think it's it. absolutely lovely. Yeah. I think that I it's want him a, to want yeah. to. I don't want him yeah. to feel obligated. I don't want yeah. somebody to not fuck other people because, yeah. out of obligation. Well, I can't. Yeah. I can't yeah. do it because of her. You know, well, I still do. But but as okay, so to, so stepping back from it personally, yeah. though, as therapists, don't you feel that that invites resentment if you're doing something that you don't want to do for you know, for somebody else? No, I mean for me, I'm just assuming that you know we took uh, vows and uh, we are uh, loyal and trustworthy and committed. And um, but is monogamy the only way to show? loyalty and commitment uh it is nice yes i'm liking that question and i will take the tennis racket and throw this ball back at you uh it is a big ass one (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's very important the other things uh for sure friendship relationship attachment connection all that stuff but um you know i'm very listen i just got married a few years ago i waited my whole life and then he showed up in my life thank god and so uh, I am finding at this later stage in life, really old school, traditional, 
roles, you know? I love it. I just love it. And so it's, it's, uh, it is, it's, it's how you, anybody wants it to be. This is your life. I, my, my husband and I see things the same way. I mean, we're very, very, uh, in, in sync with that. And so yeah. that's I, the key. That, that's the, the key, key is to, yeah. yeah, you can't have one person who right. thinks that kumbaya outside the yeah. box and honey, do what you want. I'm not yeah. saying that that's what you're saying, oh, God. but on yeah. one side of the spectrum. And then the other is, you know, yeah. um, you're going to go to hell if you cheat on me or look at somebody's booty, which I still don't. Don't like anybody to <laughs> which also brings up for me you know my encouragement is before one gets married to have those very open and honest conversations about that have because to. you have you to have to you cannot just expect that that person is just going to follow what should be part of a marriage contract well, because what yeah. you think might should be or, or where you think. grew up yeah yeah i mean if you grow yeah. up in the midwest it's going to be a completely different right. ideology than if you grow up yes. in Brazil or if you grow up in yes. France, you know, in places where mm-hmm. uh, open relationships or having an affair just is not as, does not seem as devastating. Or the Catholic, you know, right? So the Catholic religion has pre-cana, which is a, you know, a, a little course that you take right before yes. you get married. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I'll have a lot of Catholic people talk to me about when they did pre-cana, they were really conflicted whether they should give the real answers or the answers, you know, that they thought yeah. the priest wanted. Because if you give some real answers, which is we haven't talked about money, we haven't talked about sex, I'm not going to talk if I had an abortion or not, I'm not going to talk about whether I can fantasize about other men, I mean, getting really into the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, he's not going to put a stamp of approval on. So, uh, you know, it's a So that thing. might be the time, if there's stuff you can't talk to with your clergy person, maybe you go to a counselor to have Yes, enough. Dr. Wendy O'Connor. Connor and Associates <laughs> has a lot of availability. Number 310-712-1230. Really? Just relax. Exactly. And come see us. But I do think it's important, though, too, When and I, I love that, you know, the Ashley Madison um, a theme has got, kind of gone into this, but I just do encourage, because we, we do do premarital counseling. It is it is a question I do ask. Uh, let's go there. Let's talk about like crisis because every marriage and relationship is going to have its low points, right? What would it look like? Have you guys had a discussion as far as these are my boundaries and what would it look like if you start to think about going outside of the marriage? What what is how do you have what are your value systems on that? How do you both feel about that? Have you had a discussion about that? Right, because people who are getting married are like on cloud nine, a lot of times it's because they are thinking about all the best parts of the relationship Mm -hmm. and the best parts of that person and the best parts of the way that that person makes them feel. Mm -hmm. And in reality, when you're considering spending the rest of your life with someone, I'm not saying that it's not important to consider those things. Absolutely, those are going to influence and inspire you. But on the other hand, you have to go, all right, can I really put up with the sound he makes when he's chewing for the rest of my life? Because it kind of bothers me now and a little bit more every week. (laughs) Like, it's just going to get worse. 20 years from now, it's going to be cacophonous, right? It's just going to be like, ah, shut the fuck up. You know, close your mouth when you chew. (laughs) Or or not, and then hold in the resentment and go to Ashley Madison or something like that, right? Uh, Friendfinder.com or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So look at all the things, like I always describe it. Like, look at the worst parts of the the worst, quote-unquote worst, because that's all subjective, too. On the most difficult things for you in a relationship that mm-hmm. the other person brings. To me, I feel like real intimacy begins when you see somebody's lower self and right. go, yeah, I can handle that. Like, yeah. all right, yeah, sure, he's having a little temper tantrum over that, but that, God, that's nothing. You know, I can totally handle that. Or, fuck, man, I can't live another 20 years with that. But I'm, I don't want to deal with that. And really looking at those moments as opposed to going like, yeah, that's really unbearable. I don't think I can live with it for 20 years. But I just love him. So I'm just going to do it anyways. And it's right, like, I call it the bride wow. with the uh, the tennis shoes under the dress. <laughs> that right. they just have no, they don't care about, you know, what the red flag signs right. are. They just go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of men do that too. I think there's a research shows that the bigger the diamond, the higher the divorce. They actually had some research too that the more money... The more elaborate the wedding was, right, the more money that was spent on the wedding, they said that there's been some correlation with, uh, you know, 
it not lasting as long and that people that just um, have, you know, just those, you know, going to the county clerk's office, if you will, or just keeping it very intimate and modest is actually because you're, it's not because, because you're not trying to show off to everybody. You're not doing it for the wedding. You're doing it for the person, right? For the sense of love and the person, if that makes sense. Right. So. What is the reason that you're getting married? And there are plenty of people who get married because they want to have a wedding or because yeah. they've always imagined themselves mm-hmm. married and because it's part of what they believe they mm-hmm. should do or are supposed mm-hmm. to do or they think that that's the only context in which to have children or whatever it is, or to have the intimacy that they so desire. It's like for, you know, relationships are for the other people and not for the two people in the relationship, Mm -hmm. you know. Explain that to me. That's a little confusing Um, to me. So, you know how, like I always say, forget the audience. Right. And that's a pleasant way of saying that because usually I do, you know, a little bit of like up yours with the audience like by not felicia. worrying uh, by felicia would be one of them but like not worrying about the audience you are you know? talking about the wedding um yeah just the pressure there's so much pressure and so the problem with all of the acting out behavior is not so much the problems because in life there will always be fights and problems and in arguments conflict and struggle it's how you get through it it's how you heal it's it's in the way in which you move forward i always have a feeling with marriage like you know the guy at the airport with the lights and going like go that way the or traffic go way. conductor yeah, dude traffic right? guy i don't know and what that's exactly what a marriage therapist is supposed to feel i think you know i keep that in my mind of move them forward move them forward how can we just help them support and, you know, help them gain the, uh, the tools that they need in, in order to communicate better? Um, so, yeah, so I, I just think that part of that is the audience, the pressure of people who want to see that fantasy. And, you know, there are married people who are married and have a lot of single friends, and the single friends are looking to that married couple like, don't break up, you got to be the one. And it's, you know, everybody's human. We're, so I don't even know where I'm going with that. But you're also talking about like something that. important like mm-hmm. the role models too. Mm-hmm. What are what were your role models and everybody's relationships are kind of in response to that, right? So mm-hmm. you might be trying to find the same kind of relationship your parents had or Cinderella, Snow White, all that stuff that, you know, like I it, it, I think that that totally shapes sort of, you know, as a child, right? If you're watching those fairy tale stories, right? Idealization. Yeah, yeah. So what about the difference between an emotional affair and a physical affair? I mean, we talked about when you had big feelings about like, the physical. He can't do that either. <laughs> no. Not okay? Never. No. Can't do it. Well, not and, okay with it. And Ever. The, dif- the <laughs> The difference between emotional affairs and platonic friendships, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's that sexual chemistry, that sort of Mm -hmm. fire that you feel with someone who's not your partner. If you can't tell, this is just me, and, you know, I'm sure I'm going to get some hate Twitter for it, and that is okay. Bring it at AskDrWendy.com, or AskDrWendy. I'm very okay with it, but, you know, if if you have to hide the fact that somebody is texting you or tweeting you, if you have to hide your phone, if you have to, I'm not saying that everybody should be FBI with each other. Um, In fact, I think if you are easily stimulated or triggered from your own past or trauma of jealousy or rage or whatever it is, uh, you know, you you might just not want to tease or tempt yourself with the cracky cyber stuff that's out there. Don't go on to somebody's Facebook. I know couples that are not on each other's Facebook because they get too stimulated and triggered. I know couples that don't have Facebooks because they just don't want to even be in that, you know, kind of, uh, they just don't want to be distracted in that way. Um, I know other couples who have said serious, you know, uh, status changes, um, sending messages, you know, uh, through Facebook. But, or, oh, I didn't know you were that friend, you know, or who is that girl on your Facebook? Or, wait a minute, now your phone just rang three times and you went to the bathroom, why are you whispering? I mean, again, going to Secrets and Lies and back at that podcast, but, you know, I think cyberspace has made it such a 3D uh, forum that you got to be really strong and confident on who you're with and that 
you have to have tra- trust and faith in the relationship. And then, you know what? Sometimes bad things happen. And if you want to work it through, work it through. And if you can't, then what is your wonderful statement? Bye, Bye Felicia. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. it's it's about loving yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. I just hear the music kind of playing behind me. I just know I'm going to get... Stay tuned for part two of this episode. You've been listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny, a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. Dr. Wendy O'Connor and Jenny J.V. Wilson see clients in private practice in Los Angeles, California, and can be found online at www.doctorwendyoconnor.com and www.jennijbwilson.com. Mr. Dodge's fantasy is to enjoy the youth he missed. He wishes to become a young swinger. Him a swinger? Oh, boss. Is it ever too late on Fantasy Island, my friend? <laughs> <laughs>